0: Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. I am super pumped for our guest today. We're going to be talking about volunteer work and how non-medical providers can actually enhance the patient experience. And we are going to meet our guest in just a second. She is someone that is no stranger to volunteering her time, helping other people that way. And she's also an actor, a comedian, and a playwright. And she's been in theater since age 11, I read. Please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit more about your background.
1: Hi, I'm Amy Buckwald, and I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I was a really shy kid. I had a really hard time in school, and so my mom thought she would get me into the children's theater company and have me try out for their school, and maybe that would help. And I got in at age 11, and I was one of the youngest kids they ever took, so I thought, ooh, that was a confidence builder. And I started a program where kids could go. I I needed to have my schooling in the morning. And then I went to children's theater in the afternoon. And, you know, the program was very intense. There was pantomime and acting and dancing. And I also wanted to extend that to other kids in the school. And so they could pursue their dreams and go to school in the morning. And if they wanted to do gymnastics or hockey or skating, and that was really one of their other focuses that they could have that too. So um, I created something called the Urban Arts Program, Uh, of course, with the help of my parents and the principal of the school. (laughs) And uh, it was really... Uh, you know, such an incredible experience for me to train like that, have that intensity. And then after the classes would end at five o'clock, I'd have some dinner. And if I was in a show, I would have rehearsal for the show. And my dad or my mom would pick me up at 10.30 at night and I'd start all over again the next day. So as a young person, I really found that focus and that passion um, and that training was imperative for me.
0: Yeah, that I mean, that is a great way to develop your, your work ethic at such a young age and do something that you love. Now I want to ask about when the first time you started volunteering and, and how you went about helping other people that
1: way. Well, um, this was for home hospice care. And when I contacted the director, this wonderful woman, Dagmar Jacobs, I I said, how can I help? Um, And what can I do? And she said, have do training, do medical training for this part of the journey for the patient. And, you know, you, you have to be strong enough to lift the patient, you have to know about the medication, there's so much you have to be trained for. And of course, I did not have that training. So she said, think about it, and come back and talk to me about what you feel you could contribute. So I thought, I know all these actors and I did a little research um, about Alzheimer's. And I found out that poetry and music can have an awakening effect on the patient. And I found that fascinating. So I recruited actor friends of mine and I got um, a booth uh, donated by the agency, a voiceover booth to record in. And I recorded different poems um, from nursery rhymes to, you know, Walt Whitman um, to Shakespearean um, sonnets. So a whole gamut, a whole range. And um, then we put it together on a DVD and I wanted it also to be t- Time for the caregiver of the patient to have some downtime, to have a moment. And I gave a questionnaire. So when the patient was listening, what were the reactions? Was it helpful for the patient? And was it helpful for the caregiver? So um, what was interesting is the questionnaires were answered. And indeed, when they heard the poems being recited, they listened. And they recited along with the poetry, which was amazing. And the caregivers got the opportunity to listen and be quiet and take some notes. But they got a little break. So we we did a bunch of these DVDs, and um, I I wanted them to go everywhere in the country, and it was it was a successful thing. Um, for both patient and caregiver. And really fascinating um, in terms of the response and uh, also, Maria Shriver's father had Alzheimer's. So I sent her a DVD, um, a CD of the of the poems. And she wrote me back and she wrote me a lovely letter back she's an incredible advocate she's amazing and she said you know his response he listened he remembered some of the poems and he um he had a great response to it and it was a, a good thing and she it was just so interesting to hear her perspective on it and all the volunteers perspective on it and it was the way I could contribute. I couldn't contribute medically in the room, but I could do something with the knowledge I had in my discipline. And I, I think with Dagmar the saying that to me, what can you bring to it was so helpful because we can all contribute. We just have to take a minute and focus on what our strengths are to help others
0: that is very well said yes and that is the the point of this discussion today trying to uncover different ways that you know the person with without a medical degree or a medical background can actually contribute to patient care and this is a beautiful story and Amy, help me out. Is this this was part of the not arts performing arts nonprofit, the Mulberry Tree Group? Mulberry is that Group. yeah? Awesome. Is there yeah. that that's what I thought. And it's the um, this was called the Awakenings, Awakenings through through poetry. poetry. Awesome. Yeah. 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 I want people to look that up for for more information. That is amazing stuff and you received the honor of volunteer of the year actually mm-hmm. which is really cool and that was uh, an award given by the home hospice network tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah that was <laughs> i was completely surprised by that they had um a, a they had an event and at the end of the year where um volunteers and people who had contributed we were all just going to meet and hang out and have some dinner And we got lost. We couldn't find it. We were late. And we came in very late and we walked in and everyone stood up and started applauding. And I was like, what is going on? And then I got awarded. I was completely shocked, completely shocked by it. And, you know, obviously (laughs) the reward is in the doing and hoping, hoping that you can make some difference in someone's life. And I think especially with home hospice care at that point of the journey of that person's life, that you, you who are a stranger to them could be useful to their family, to the caregiver and and, and to them. And that's one of the best things you can do. And we all have gifts. We all can figure out how to do that.
0: Definitely. What advice would you give to someone who's thinking about volunteering at their local hospital, maybe, or somewhere in their community to help make a difference? Um, you know, talk to that person. What What would you tell them to, to kind of go for it?
1: I think you choose where you feel you can do the best good and where you feel. Um, I also went into the children's cancer unit. And I had to step out for a moment because I was overwhelmed and I had to stop being overwhelmed so I could be useful in the room. And I was doing pantomime and I was doing clowning and pantomiming. And, and I think that's important too, that it, it's certainly not about you and how you're feeling or that you're overwhelmed and upset. Um, you really have to, focus on that and work on that. So that does not enter in. And you have to figure out, do I want to, where do I want to be useful and to check your emotions, definitely at the door. Um, and there's no, uh, there was no handbook for that. There was no teacher for that. So I sort of I learned, I learned the hard way by doing, by doing and finding that out for myself. Um, always how to be useful and not get in the way of the work that you're trying to do.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, being able to have this incredible gift of the arts in your background and then share it with others so um, unselfishly like this, it really is a beautiful story. I want to know more about some of the current stuff you're up to, because I know in talking before the recording today, we were talking about your latest project, and that's Hot Flash, The Chronicles of Lara Tate, Menopausal Superhero. Tell us about that. That is a very catchy title.
1: Thank you. Well, I really wanted to advocate for women's health, and I wanted to do it in a comedic way. And with menopause, there are 34 symptoms. And it's really difficult. And now, because it's become so... The focus on menopause has really exploded since I started delving into it. And I created this character, Laura Tate. She's a comic book character. And she goes through menopause. And we've done a web series. And uh, we have an animated... Uh, pilot script that we're shopping for it but it really addresses these 34 symptoms and how difficult they are how they are not understood and how menopause is a medical condition um that you know that needs attention and what women go through uh is at this time of life is now being brought to the fore because you know menopause used to be it's in the mist we don't understand it and And now we're starting to have clarity to help women so they don't once again, so you're not feeling isolated. So, you know, the show, uh, Hot Flash, um, you know, my demographic is every woman on the planet because every woman on the planet is going to go through this. So I wanted to create something fun and funny, but that also talks about it. and. brings it to light because having a hot flash is not fun and it can have, you know, all those symptoms and why they happen and how they happen. We explain that, but it's also, it's also funny and follows the comic book themes too, as all comic book heroes have have their origin story and then they go out and save the world. And um, so we wanted to use that uh, symptoms um, as her powers. So the hot flash is something she wields. And so it becomes a superpower that can you know, light up a city. And we're taking, I'm taking something that is very difficult physically and making it a positive thing. I had one woman reach out to me cause she wanted to do a Halloween costume. She wanted to dress up as hot flash. So that was really cool. Um, so it's, it's exciting to be able to do this and, and have impact in that way in a positive, fun way, but to talk about things that that are not talked about and now they should be.
0: I love it. And we will put more information about that in the description of today's podcast for people to check out who are listening. Amy Buckwald has been our guest. Just a, a great energy, great conversation. I will give you the final word. Is there any other final thoughts you wanted to leave for us before we wrap it up here?
1: Whenever you can. I mean, everybody's so busy. Everybody has uh, so much on their plate all the time with their family and their job. But in terms of volunteering, if you volunteer once a year or at Thanksgiving, you give out turkeys, you you do something um it's good for you and it's good for who you're volunteering for. It's a profound experience, and being useful and helping others is one of the greatest joys you can have, and what I feel is one of the most important things you can do in this life.
0: Well said, uh, <laughs> my drop. Amy, thank you so much for your time today. Have a great rest of your
1: evening. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation with today's episode teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.